Hey everybody, it is, what day is it today? Wednesday. Tuesday. Wednesday. Thursday. It's, it's Wednesday. Tuesday. This I guarantee you it's Tuesday. Okay, the, the, it February. is Tuesday, February 28th. Everybody 17. And you are listening to the Android Central Podcast live from Barcelona, Spain. By which World mean, Congress. Is from Barcelona, Spain. Well, we're recording live. We are recording, recording live. live. I've always wanted to say that as an announcer. We do always yeah. record live. Yeah. Nobody's remote. We're live to tape. I love that you're nitpicking my uh, my announcement. That's very. You just like to you, uh, hold you to a high standard. Yeah. Well, the person nitpicking to my right is, uh, as you can tell on this recording, <laughs> you can actually because it, it's a very good microphone. Is Derek Kessler? Hi. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. We're gonna go around. Uh, we're, we're going counterclockwise here, and the next person whose eyes are closed right now, trying to stay awake with a coffee. Mr. Mobile himself, Michael Fisher. I'm just zenning out, man. You have my word. I'm not going to disagree with anything you say today, Bader. I don't. I don't want you to guarantee me that. Guaranteeing? I'm giving it to you, man. All right. I'll disagree with the rest of these guys. We'll see. Yeah. All right. Well, to his right is Alex Doby. And you are wrong on everything, and I will fight you to prove it. There we go. He didn't even bring me his the single grape I asked for earlier from the <laughs> I did. I just, I just ate it on the way home. Okay, so there you go. We now know his uh, true character. Yeah. And to my left, Andrew Martinick. Who's yes. uh, trying to figure something out on his phone? Yeah, I realized that it didn't silence my phone, even though I told everybody else to check their phones. Uh, okay, so uh, here's here's the deal. Um, we're gonna give everybody a guarantee. Uh, there were some complaints after the cross-site CES podcast that it went on a little bit too long. It was a bit rambly. We're gonna try to keep it down. There's a lot of stuff to cover, so we're gonna get right into it because there have been some serious. Just a second, I'm gonna go grab some. Skittles. Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, there have been some seriously good announcements at the show. And uh, the first one was on Saturday, and that was a couple days before the beginning of the show. It was the BlackBerry Keynote. Oh, wait, what no, was it? No, 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 no. The Key Lime. The key, the key Lime. Yes. It was the... Uh, what, what Keone. Was Kia. <laughs> Keone, right, right, right. It was the BlackBerry Key One. So... This was at a really nice event. Uh, Andrew, why don't you tell us a little bit about the actual event? Because I wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> I, I'm dead. You were there. You should I was there. I don't remember there. anything. Okay, who was there with me? I was there. With yeah, you. Mr. Mobile was here. Okay, why don't you tell us about this? Sure. Well, then really quickly, that's a, a glimpse into the world of a trade show. Yeah. yeah. We had I, six of us running around in different places. This was, what, three days ago, and we don't remember what happened. Well, we didn't know what day it was to start the show, so you Which shouldn't be true. surprised. But what's nice about having a trade show in Barcelona is that this one literally took us away from all of the, the uh, conference venues that you are all accustomed to probably seeing in photos and video. And we took a, what, a taxi cab up the road, the side of what felt like a mountain. Yeah. Uh, and it entered a canopy of trees and emerged into this... Old, it was a tent. Well, it was a tent next to an old fort. Yes. We had a difficult time getting it. And on the side of the tent was the word Blackberry, so we knew where we were. We knew we were in the right place. And we came upon something I would have never expected to see in 2017 at a Blackberry event. Just a line full of freaking people. <laughs> yeah. There were so many people waiting to get into this tent. Yeah. They did a true. good job packing the house on this thing. 
Yeah, it was standing room only. It really was. Until we oh. until we got seats in the front. Yeah. <laughs> and Derek and I had like saddled up to the wall and we're like, all right, well, I guess this is where we're standing for the next hour. And then someone came out of nowhere in a suit and was like, no, no, gentlemen, this way. <laughs> and why did, we get se- why did we get seats in the front? I can only imagine we knew someone on the inside. Yeah, I think we did. We knew Mr. Crackberry Kevin himself, who was the MC of the show. <laughs> So uh, that was that was interesting, but uh, let's talk about the phone itself. So this is the first big launch for TCL under the BlackBerry Mobile brand, and it's I think a pretty nice phone. It's mm-hmm. it's actually well made. It's yeah. a really big improvement over the sort of white label BlackBerry DTEC fifty and sixty that were mm. released last year. This is a this is this very much has the DNA of a of an old school BlackBerry. It right? does. Mm-hmm. If you didn't know better, you would say it was designed by BlackBerry. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, who's used it? I mean, Mr. Mobile, he wrote a you you, you made a, a very nice video on it. And two, two of them so far. Two yeah. of them. Yes. Well, one from we yeah, saw so it originally at CES. At CES, where the software yeah, so you've was used not it, Andrew. Yep. Yeah, Andrew and I ran the same briefing on that one. And I mean, it's it, 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 all right. Can I, Andrew? Do you want to go first, or do you want? No, you're already on it. Yeah. So my, my thing is this: because I, I give away one award per show, and I gave it I gave it to this phone for a variety of reasons we don't really have to talk about. But like, the I've used a uh, Moto Z Play for the last week or so leading up to the show because it uses the same silicon as the BlackBerry does. And I was terrified that the heavy BlackBerry software would weigh it down, bog it down, and make it a mess like the Priv was. And I don't know, you know, all the, everybody gets on my back about hating the Priv, but it's a slow, hot. Yeah. We're, we're talking about Snapdragon 625 here, right? Up. Right. And so that paired with the 3,500 milliamp hour batteries makes a big promise for endurance, and it's amazing. But it is snappy. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know what to think in Vegas because it was so unfinished. But here, I mean... It's still two months out from release, and it's, so it's in still a state that I would completely use finished. So. Correct. Yeah, I mean, and there's stuff you can see on all the demo models on the floor. The LED backlighting was was intermittent on the keyboards, and there was all these signs that they were you know, typical trade show stuff. Exactly right. right. Yeah. So they still have a you know a ways to go on a couple things, but man, that software! I could not have been more pleasantly surprised. Yeah, and this is running Android seven nougat, so it's software that hasn't been updated on the on uh, the priv yet and it may not be until well after this phone has been released but blackberry's done a good job and one thing that was emphasized uh was that blackberry the canadian company not blackberry mobile which is a subsidiary of tcl would be doing the software updates which means that you'll yes. be getting the security updates every month that it's been uh lauded for and you know, despite what Mr. Mobile may say, I mean, they've done a great job, I think, keeping up with the overall aesthetic. And I, I, don't, I don't mean to, you know, you're not saying that you disagree with the aesthetic. I think the aesthetic has been uh, uniformly good, but I don't think it's, uh, I don't think they've done a bad job uh, on the performance side of this one either. So on the market, on the, on the, key, on key the one. Key one, yeah. yeah. So what I mean, let's talk, Alex, what do you think of the name? Uh, I mean, it's better than... DTEC 17? I mean, look, the bar was set pretty low. Well, yeah, right that's now. a very that's, low. I mean, you're going from Priv to DTEC to... Dang, I really wish we would have just kept the Mercury name. I kind of like that. Yeah, I mean, Blackberries have this, this record. That's a word you can pronounce. The, the code names are always cool than the actual marketing names. But, yeah, um, I, yeah I mean, key keyboards? There's a, there's a thing going on there. Kind of sets the stage for a key, it's, too. It, it's, yeah, yeah. I mean, at least, uh, yeah, at least it's... Uh, 
a, a brand that makes some kind of sense and not just this random collection of letters yeah, yeah. that they've had in the past. Four letters in a row. That... Yeah, four letters in a row and a, and a meaningless number. So. Although DTEC is still a piece of software that you will find on the BlackBerry Key One. Yes. With the most terrifying of icons. Yes. <laughs> so bad. When they showed it at the at the actual like keynote or whatever, and it's this icon with what is it? It's a it's a like, shadowed room with the. Uh, Doorway, light uh, into it, <laughs> and the silhouette of a man just <laughs> on the floor. So, I don't want to use this. Yeah. It scares me. Uh, the silhouette of a man on the floor. So the silhouette of ma- the, the silhouette silhouette's on the floor. floor. Right. The man is <laughs> in the room. Right. Right. Yeah. So the man hasn't like fallen no, You right. don't see the man. It's, it's not it's just like a crime scene. scene. It's you just see the shadow. Yeah. Right. It does look like a noir novel cover. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's like. Dixon Hills adventures. It was a dark and stormy night. <laughs> yeah. But the Blackberry lit the way or something or other. Mm-hmm. But like, the so, secure uh, way. yeah. So I don't know. I, I want to, I want to, I may buy this thing. And what about the keyboard? Because that's, I think, the reason everybody's going to buy this thing. Better yeah. than the Priv. It is. Oh, yeah. It's a whole lot better than the Priv. I mean, it's, it's a lot closer to uh, canonical Blackberry keyboard. It's a little bit more clicky, I think. It's in that way, it's closer to a curve keyboard and. Uh, if if you read my my preview of it, um, it was pointed out to me at the briefing that there's no contours on the keys the same way that there have been on bolds in the past or the classic, and that was to make it easier to do gestures on the across the keyboard. Right. And BlackBerry is really emphasizing this as an alternative uh, to touching the screen, so you can swipe up to scroll down on on pretty much any screen on the phone. You can, and you can yeah navigate the home screen. You can um, use it as a cursor on yeah. uh, text input. Right. You can yeah. sele- auto select words that right. auto complete up there. And that's something I've missed. I've missed for a long time. Like going back to the, the Nexus One, HTC Desire days, having that. It works in a different way, obviously, with on the uh, the keyboard. But it's you know it isn't always a very precise way to trackpad uh, or yeah. trackball. Yeah, trackpad track or, track, or trackball. It's mm-hmm. it's just. It's, it's something we've kind of fallen out of, and it, it kind of fills that gap with granular input on touchscreen, which isn't, still isn't always great. RIP Nexus One trackball. Yeah. yeah. I nothing gets stuck full of well, Yeah, stuff. I got stuck in the abuse, like rubbing alcohol to clean it out. But, you know, whatever. All right, so, so, I mean, every BlackBerry had that same problem. That's yeah. why they went to the optical trackpad after yeah. a while. Mm-hmm. But yeah. let's talk about the, the other side of that is, yes, you have a keyboard that has this trackpad functionality, but... It means that the screen is an is smaller and a more awkward aspect ratio instead. That's a good. So you just don't have as much screen real estate. Which Derek liked to just point out that remember, uh, you know, there's this crazy invention of a on-screen keyboard that could hide when you're not using it, and it turns into usable screen real estate. Yeah, it was like I think ten years ago somebody came up with this idea. What a weird idea. Yeah. Well, so you're you're looking at a 4.3 inch display, which was. 4.5. Was it 4.5? Yeah. Which was massive in... 2010. Uh, 2010. Mm-hmm. But is not so big anymore. So and, and, and because it's shifted up, it makes sense in portrait. But if you're, you know, maybe you go home after your long day at the office when you're sending emails all day and you want to put that phone landscape, now that screen is off to the left or right and it's kind of awkward. Uh, you know, are you really going to turn this thing into landscape and watch it, you know... 30 minutes of Netflix on your train ride home with that keyboard sitting right next to it? I, I mean, in the capacitive keys there? 
Well, I'm sorry, Bader, go ahead. No, I'm just thinking, I mean, there's a lot of bezel to hold on to in that case. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But it's just kind of shifted over to the side, and so you're just staring at this This is not a board. This is not a phone that's designed for watching Netflix on your train ride home. It's designed for passing emails. In fact, they will just block the installation of Netflix. They'll just say, screw you. (laughs) Yeah, your corporate administrator is going to be... This this phone is going to be... They're saying that they're working to get it sold on as many major carriers as possible, but it's designed for corporate deployments. So that's kind of the interesting thing here is I see, obviously, we're all just nostalgic smartphone nerds that are like, oh, I got a BlackBerry. Yes. But we are the same ones who have used five and a half plus inch full screen phones Mm -hmm. and enjoy playing games, watching, you know watching media on them for and maybe not hours a day but all the time and now as people are all picking up and shaking around their phones we are going even taller with the displays but yet this is you know we're still excited about this blackberry with the 4.5 inch screen that's what i don't i don't get there's like the, you have the corp yes i understand it from the corporate perspective yeah. Yeah. this will absolutely be rolled out in the thousands to governments and corporations they're they're hoping but we also have, like, we're getting excited about it. We don't have corporate issue phones. Are we really that excited about it in the long term because of that? Uh, that that's a good question because I think there is a lot of just nostalgia and a lot of novelty value mm-hmm. associated with this thing. And it will be interesting to see whether that sticks around. I mean, I was excited to use the Priv, too. I was excited to use the Priv until it turned out that it was not that great. And it didn't have anything to do with the fact that it had a keyboard. Right. Sure. There were many other shortcomings on this phone. You disliked it despite the fact that you enjoyed the keyboard. Yeah, there were many other shortcomings on this on the Priv that the Key One does a lot to correct. Yeah, right. Absolutely. And I also think about the fact that, I mean, this is kind of a general bias issue of the fact that we have lots of phones. And so we can always just pop out a SIM card, switch phones. Mm -hmm. Could this potentially be something where, like I said, Somebody's going to have this thing. Maybe they want the whole idea of having a new BlackBerry is that you would have a phone that's actually capable of doing things other than messaging and email. Are you actually going to use this thing after you get off work from your government or big corporate job? I think the target customer will. Yeah, Yeah, I think that the person who they're targeting who is not, this isn't a mess. A mass market device necessarily for them. If they're gonna, if they're talking about, they're talking about carrier partnerships. But they're talking about a whole portfolio of future of other different devices. You know, if like if people are using Blackberries and they need a bigger screen or a better spec sheet, there's the they're, they're already using the DTEC60. If for some reason they're using a Blackberry, using yeah, I've else. heard actually there was a a leak this morning. I don't know if anybody knows it, but the next version, the 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 next uh, Blackberry without a keyboard is just going to be called the Screen One. So, um, and then they'll make a, a, a larger one. They'll call it like maybe like a playbook or something like that. Maybe like this, an in-between device. It'll sync to your phone. That know. is a bold. Problem. I'm just spitballing here. Ah, we'll have to figure that out. It was quite a curveball. I was going to say that. Ah, Let's hey, torch this discussion. Yeah, <laughs> you guys are starting up a storm. <laughs> oh, oh, good God! Look at that. It's already nine fifty-seven. Let's go. Yeah, let's do it. Um, okay, so last thing about the Key One price. This is five hundred and fifty dollars in the U.S. It's going to be five ninety nine euro. Sorry, five yeah five ninety nine euro four ninety nine. That's really pushing. This it. is yeah. not a cheap device. Yep. Again, corporate issue. 
buy them in bulk, probably get a little bit of a discount on, you know, Most all the different agreements and the servers you're going to buy and all that kind of stuff. But sure, still, but still, I mean, you're not getting much of a break, even no. if you're buying in bulk. So this is me compared looking to a, kind of Compared to a company that might be considering buying like a bunch of Galaxy S5s right. or something like that to, to lay out or iPhone SEs or something like that. Ooh. I mean, and we'll talk about it later in the podcast, but the Moto G5 Plus has pretty much the same specifications, $300 less. Mm. Yeah. Mm. It's $229. Or like a OnePlus 3T, 120 bucks less. Yeah. So you're buying this for the keyboard and you're paying a pretty... And, well, and, and, and the security suite too, right? Like we're talking the about... The right device management portion. Sure, yeah. but... BlackBerry Enterprise services are available on any Android phone, as are the bulk of the company's apps. So really, sure, I mean, but, we're... But not every Android phone is kept up to date every month with the, with the, the, the latest sure. patches, right? Yeah, I mean, as you know, Jerry would argue, there are only two phones in the world that you should buy right now, and that's a Google Pixel or a BlackBerry Key One. Right. And that's, you know, that, and, and he'll make that argument, I'm sure, in next week's podcast. But... Not everybody cares as much about that. So. Sure, and it's not made for everybody, I, I think. I think that's the thing to keep in mind. I don't think they don't need to beat, you know, they don't need to beat the S8 sales numbers to, to call this thing a success. Yeah. They need to sell enough of them to, to meet their own internal metric. Pause. Bring Kevin up. <laughs> Thank you for holding. All of our podcasters are busy assisting other listeners. Come get me slowly. <laughs> Come get me tenderly. <laughs> Maybe later. <laughs> My watch suggested I get up and touch to do some stretches. Did, did you watch the little animation? No. Oh, it was great. Yeah, I oh, there, oh, yeah, there we go. go. Funky, in case you didn't know... Oh, it's a different one. It showed me like a chicken. Oh, chicken. Like, oh really? Do some stretches. Do some stretches like a chicken. I gotta do it like this. Hey, Kevin. Yeah. All right, we're gonna resume. We're, the we're paused for the moment. We're actually we're actually recording still, but we're gonna just cut this part out. Yeah. So once you get situated, let us know, and we're gonna. Am I getting else on the show or not? We we just finished BlackBerry. Uh, do you want to say a few words about BlackBerry? Okay. If you talk about it, I'll just do another. Oh, come on, subscribe or something. Yeah. All right. Stretch a little. All right, and three, two, one, resume here, Jim. Okay, so the next phone uh, that also is going to appeal to many millions of people, uh, arguably the most important device announcement of the show. I don't think it's arguable. Yeah. Yeah. Don't people just say that arguably? No. Yeah, that's just that's yeah, that phrase has never name. made sense. You're giving yourself an out, basically. Yeah. We're saying that it's arguably, but you go we're ahead saying and hedge, Matt. I'm committed anyway. to agree with you today. But Thank you. LG D6. Oh, is that what it was? Arguably. Yeah. Alex Doby spent some time with this phone. I have, yeah. So I reviewed it. We have our review up right now. Uh, Andrew and I spent some time in Korea last week mm-hmm. uh, getting a bunch of behind the scenes information uh, on that phone, on the people who built it from. Uh, the software team, uh, the testing team, the battery team, uh, we have a lot of stuff up, up on the site now, including a good 20-minute conversation between me and Andrew where we uh, we sit outside in, in very scenic surroundings in Korea talking about uh, uh, the behind-the-scenes story of this phone. But yeah, it was it's, super uh, very scenic. Yeah. It was beautiful, yeah. And very, very cold. Yeah. But freezing. 
Um, yeah, so the G6 is is kind of a fresh start for LG, I think. Um, every year, LG, it seems, has had a different gimmick that it's tried to use to sell as fun, so we stopped. As long as the G series has existed. Uh, way back when, it was uh, the Optimus G, it was the, the crystal reflective process, then it was super slim, slim bezels, you had a, a big screen, a small, uh, a small chassis. Uh, then you went to Quad HD, and then they decided, hey, let's put leather on the back. And? And finally... There was, uh, and, and what? The rear volume keys. Oh, the, well, yeah, of course, the Great. rear volume keys. So buttons yeah. on the back. Um, I'd rather just forget about all that. I want to talk about why you love those. I, I will say that Absolutely. I have hated them from the moment that they Did they put them on the G2? And I'm, I'm completely them. okay with the button-fingerprint combo, but, okay, but so. volume keys... Get them on the side with it. No, no. And, and I'm glad LG agrees. Strongly disagree. Yeah, yeah, you're just wrong. Um, yeah. And also, so finally, the <laughs> Apparently LG not, because as we look at this phone, uh, look where those volume keys are. Uh, yes. Yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> smug bastards. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer buttons on the back. Anyway, uh, um, yeah, so the, the, so the ultimate gimmick last year was this modular stuff. So they went, they kind of stepped back to a small screen. They had this material, which they insisted was metal, but basically just felt like plastic. They had a bottom that you could snap off and attach other kind of um, modules to. God. Yeah, LG, LG Modular Friends, um, which was just a total disaster. Uh, you had, uh, I forget which which one actually made to the US. It was the high The camera. The camera. The yeah, camera made yeah. Hi Fi was not certified. It was cans because of weird radio reasons to do with carriers because part of the module included antennas, which was crazy. No, yeah, it was like the voids couldn't weren't guaranteed yeah, to be uniform. Because so, there was no so the whole thing was a disaster, and the, also it was the LG rolling bot, which was just hilarious. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So that whole thing has gone away now, and um, we have uh, what is effectively a very conventional-looking metal and glass. Yeah, top. I guess that's the biggest thing for me is LG kind of... They, they've never followed a... Con- I mean, as you just explained... They've never followed. It's been all over the map. They've never followed a consistent. I mean, it's had the. It's been the G series. They've gone, you know, or Optimus G through G six, and they've never done the same thing twice. But this is the most non LG phone of the of the bunch in terms of no gimmicks. They very much pulled a Samsung Galaxy S six. Yeah, I'm but curious. not not in saying that it's an old design. They they kind of just went back to the basics mm-hmm. of the the core stuff without trying to be distracting with all this other stuff. They went metal and glass. They went waterproof. They took out the modules and the leather and the removable batteries and all that kind of stuff. That seemed those are very LG quote unquote innovations mm-hmm. that were kind of like yeah what and they all and but they still had compromises and now not only did they get rid of that stuff they also got rid of the downsides of all of those things yeah, they just focused on making a good phone yeah like that's, that's why it's the kind of the galaxy s6 moment yeah a little bit i mean you, you people will will insist that the tall screen is a gimmick and right now, I, i'm not convinced that it is but having used it i don't necessarily think it is but it, it is i guess you could argue that it is in the sense that it has advantages and disadvantages and is a feature that they're using to sell the phone I mean, I'm going to disagree. Maybe they could have done without. I'm, I'm kind of playing devil's advocate about but. the fact that the like the G3 and the G4. I don't think were gimmick first. I think uh, the yeah. I think yeah. there were there were reasons for having the uh, volume and, and power buttons on the back. Yeah, and I think with the G4, they were ahead of the curve when it came mm-hmm. to oh, ahead of the curve when it came to curved fo- screens. And I actually think it, it helped. 
in some ways. Maybe, I, will, I will kind of agree with you there. The G4, I think, was the least gimmicky phone they yeah. put out. The, the, G3, the G3, they went Quad HD before they were ready. Performance was bad because they used an 801. Yeah, the, screen, the colors were bad because the panel just wasn't that yeah, good compared right. to 1080p's at the time. Um, the, the original G and the G4 were probably the most... Yeah, or the least compromised. I usually yeah. crap out the G4. Yeah, yeah. that was one of the best. My that favorite was a beautiful generation. But the leather, I, I really, I really loved enjoyed it. The leather back, I completely yeah. agree. And by then, LG had sort of figured out software. It wasn't mm-hmm. quite where it is today, but it was so much more usable than on the G3. I can't, I can't agree. But all right. <laughs> I mean, you say it was so much, <laughs> it was so much more. Useful than the the G three, but I mean, come on. Well, I mean, look at look at what was happening elsewhere at the time. Samsung was still a train wreck when it came to software, and, and look so, at what LG was a year before that with like sure. bright colors and the, the Beyond Boys. But, but now, but now they're just about up to speed with the rest of the industry. Sure, the G six. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we really saw that in the V twenty first. I mean, it's been interesting because Alex never had the exposure to the V twenty that we did because. LG just didn't want to sell it. Yeah, I, I used the Korea, G5 for like America, two weeks. Um, and As did everybody else. who. And that was 13 well, days too many? Hell. No, I mean, it, yeah, there were a lot of things that I wanted to like about the phone. The camera was great. Yes. That was the yes. saving grace of that phone. Everything else was just kind of crap. The battery life was not good. The phone itself just fell to pieces, got chipped up. There were manufacturing tolerance issues. You sound so, like me talking about the Priv. I really wanted to like that phone. I mean, so look, the G6 I mean, yeah. feels like... It's. It took some of the good stuff that was there. There were good things in the G5, yeah. and the simpler, solid build of the V20, and then crammed those together and really iterated on that metal body. And they got something that's way nicer. Just overall, simpler, nicer, and it doesn't feel as LGE historically that's a good thing I, I think it's the best combination of yeah, hardware and it software is, it is kind of a fresh, a yeah, fresh really. start for them in design terms and just beyond the materials and the, the what it's physically made of the central idea of this phone right is the 18 by 9 is right, the uh, the 2 by 1 the idea of two squares top and bottom uh, they built all of that into the software and at the same time they're saying 5.7 inch screen easy to hold in one hand because the uh, they specifically called it a 5.2 inch body which I'm not sure how they really quantify what that should be but still it it kind of gets the point across i i have a comparison of it to the pixel xl and it's kind of hilarious how much smaller the the g6 is than the pixel xl i mean we know the pixel xl is not the the most spelt uh, bezels all the way around but it's considerable how much more screen real estate you get in there now it's a little bit confusing because now when we talk about changing aspect ratios we're talking about diagonal screen, uh, screen measurements. So it doesn't quite give you the point of reference to say it's a 5.7 inch display. But I think the big thing is you get a lot of extra vertical room with no penalty on the width, yeah, right. which mm-hmm. is very helpful. And of course the bezels are small too. So it's easy to reach across. Yeah, and there are trade-offs there. Like if you're watching 16 by nine video, I mean, as much as LG yeah. would like to talk about how 18 by nine is this correct aspect ratio, because of course they do. Um, you know, 99.999% of the content you'll be watching is still 16 by 9. You'll either have black bars on the sides or you'll have to crop in. That's just the way it works. And that's a trade-off. Yeah, I mean, and as much as they say 
there will soon be 18 by 9 content. It's uh, unlikely to ever be a standard used in cinema. Well, it, it'll be Everybody's AC, TV is 16 by 9. Oh, yeah, sorry, but it'll be, it'll be 18 by 9 content when Apple does it. Let's be realistic here. Well, Samsung does. as we'll talk about later, Samsung's going to do it. So yeah. that's definitely going to yeah. Can I just, like, this is a thing that comes up in the comments all the time, and I don't get it. Like, yeah, when I watch a video on a screen that has a different aspect ratio, sometimes there's letterboxing. Yeah. Sometimes there's pillar boxing. If, I have never given a damn if until want, the entire internet decided to like stop right. by my post office and be like, hey, why would you notice that the whole screen isn't being utilized all the way? Like, who gives a shit? If you are watching any of Netflix or Amazon's flagship series on a standard TV, it's letterbox. Indeed. So what's the problem? And every single person that owns an iPad has been watching with letterboxing. Because it's Quite. not a 16 by 9 display. Right, four yeah, by pretty much every tablet is not 16 by We're 9. We're used to seeing letterboxing on the top, though, not on the sides. Right, letterboxing, not, not, not pillow boxing. And admittedly, yeah. it is a bit less noticeable on the sides because just of the, the nature of the screen and the measurements, the fact that you're used to maybe holding it at the sides, you don't notice it as much when you're focusing on that central area. Hopefully you're just watching something that's good enough that you don't notice the bars. I, I think that that small downside... If you could call it a downside, it's just a thing. I don't think it's a downside. Yeah. Is overtaken by the fact that the other ninety plus percent of the time you're using the phone, the content is going to scale, yeah. and you're going to see more on you know you're going to see more on the web page without scrolling, more emails in the inbox. Okay. What the best part is when you're watching something that is letterboxed. Oh, I in, see. You were in letterboxed. Letterboxed. So I, I letterboxed. Just, I just yeah. put on one of the great action movies ever, John Wick. Uh, on Netflix, uh, on the G6, and it's letterbox on all sides. Yeah. So, so Netflix encodes all of their videos in 16 by 9 with letterboxing included. Right. Right. So not an ideal uh, situation right now, but yeah. as Andrew said, it'll be fixed. And LG's working really hard to try to get top video streamers and things like that to work with them a little bit. I mean, they're... This happens with all phones, not just because the LG G6 has this tall screen. Samsung and everybody else, they have quirks about a lot of their mo- their modern phones, and they go talk to app developers and content creators to say, let's make sure that your app works really well on our platform. And they have special APIs and things, but you know, this is not this is not a big issue. I don't think that there's there's really an issue here. Mm. Okay, so like basic Internals of the phone, that's been kind of a point of contention as well. Snapdragon so N21, 4 gigs of RAM. Arguably, it's been a point of contention. Uh, arguably, arguably, it's been a point of contention. That, that, so, that works. A21, 4 gigs of RAM, 32 gigs of storage. And there are like three reasons for people to complain there. Should be 6 gigs, people say. Should, Why, be, should be an 835, people say. Why? And should be 64 gigabytes minimum Why? around the world. <laughs> I'll give you the storage one. Yep. Yeah. Because only because LG is giving 64 gigabytes to probably a third of the world and not the other two thirds. And also because I'm, I'm okay with 32 gigs if you give the option to do 128. Right. That's what you do. Just like the Pixel. Don't, you know, like 32, I'm okay with 32, but give people the option for 128. And don't just give 64 as the base somewhere else in the world. And then 
I don't I don't care about six. So where is sixty four? I don't care. Standard uh, Pulse of Asia, basically. Asia, yeah, um, yeah. Okay. So can I? I just I have the opposite situation entirely because I, I don't really care how much storage is built in. If there's a micro SD card, so why why should I care about how much storage is there if I can throw in a, a micro SD card and and format it and and that is that. slightly. It is more usable now because it has adoptable storage and all that, too. I I give you that. Some people like the simplicity of just taking it out of the box and never worrying about it. Sure. There there is that. Fair. And, yes, that card slot is there. I just think it's a little bit... The the regional differences are a little odd. Um, Yeah. Before we get to that really quick, but 6 gigs of RAM, who cares Um, right now? Or do you care, like, a a little over a year from now when you're still using this I think you care over a year from now, maybe when you get a few updates, maybe there's a bit more going on, you've got a few more apps installed. Right now, 4 gigs, I'm I'm fine. I've been using it past past week or so. I'm perfectly fine. Yeah. I mean, I have OnePlus 3T... It's like more RAM. Eh. Well, no, there were there was a, there were a lot of there was the many and technical so discussions that was, for how Android cannot effectively utilize that much RAM. Sure. I, I get that, but also I remember you, it was the OnePlus three that introduced six gigs, right? Not the three T, right? Yeah. And I remember firing that up, and it was either more apps I could run simultaneously, or apps not, uh, you know, not not tombstoning or whatever. Right. So you know quickly. what? So, so you know what people then complained about though was they still didn't utilize the six gigs of RAM enough, and so it's like. Yeah, like okay, people are going to complain about anything, right? But exactly. I, I, would prefer, kind of my point. I still would prefer the the larger amount of RAM for that, that kind of outlay. But I, I don't think it's a it's not a deal breaker. It's I think so really I think on the same. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about Galaxy S8. It's going to come out. It's going to be four gigs yeah. RAM too. Right. I, but the difference between those two phones is eight twenty one. Do you really care? I Probably not. I mean, certainly, well, certainly I should say, like, normal people do not care. One, will no. you care, and two, will you notice? Because those yeah. things are not tied together. That's a really good question, because I've been using a 625 for the past week, and I I would defy you to tell a difference exactly. if you were a normal person. And plus, we're talking you know, two, three months after anyone besides Samsung to have that chip, so I think that's kind of a non-argument. Right, um, so Sony announced the phone with an 835. It won't be out until June. Probably. Yeah, late, late spring. So from LG's perspective... You want to get it. You want to get it. Out. Yeah, you want to. I mean, you're launching it in early March in Korea, launching it probably in early April in the US. Uh, I forget the exact date, but you know they're, they're like two weeks before the Galaxy yeah. S8. So yeah, the way to do that is to use the chip from last year. That's still a perfectly good chip, and that most of the people who are going to buy your phone will not care. The rest probably won't notice. And there's a benefit to doing that. It means your phone can be cheaper. It can be cheaper, and this was something they talked about a lot. They didn't explicitly say that it would hit a lower price point than what you would expect from a normal sort of flagship tier thing. But they did talk about balance. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. you know, they're very explicit about okay, the camera has taken a bit of a downgrade in some areas. It's you know they've, they've balanced it out. So it's the same 13 megapixels between the wide angle and the regular. Which they've is taken out choice, I think. Taken yeah. out laser, taken out color spectrum sensor. Which I mean, I kind of don't care. It still takes great photos. Um, and obviously, you have an 821 or an 835. They're not. They're very specific about not playing the specs game. They could have very easily put six things around in this thing. Right. They haven't. Um, got rid of the removable battery. They yeah, didn't yeah. play the uh, stereo speaker. And game. so they have that. That is part of the balance. And the other part of the balance, I'm sure, if they they are making this very conscious decision, is going to be probably a lower price point. They're going to try and undercut the undercut S- Galaxy S8. So I'm going to play Jerry's advocate for a second here. <laughs> I, I, I hear his voice in my head. Uh, we've talked about devices that have been released with older chipsets before, and his biggest concern is usually 
the longevity of updates. Right, because like Qualcomm, yeah. a year you, your carrier is going to like kill off updates long before it before actually becomes Qualcomm a technical So let's be honest. I mean, they didn't yeah. put a TI chip in it. So that's good. <laughs> God, <laughs> can you imagine? Those good old OMAPs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I don't think that's a, an issue for the A21, but I mean, it, it could be if, if we're getting... And it's a thing. Yeah. Two years on from now, I mean, potentially... They didn't release it with an 810 or an 820. They didn't do an HTC Bolt and put an 810 in the thing or something. That's, right that is correct. Nobody did that except HTC. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and I, I, I agree. It's, it's probably not a big deal to have the A21. And I also, they've had more time with the chip, so they've optimized it. Really, that, that that's another one. part of their their spin. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay, fine. I'm, <laughs> you could you can make that argument. I'm not sure if if that really plays out. Um, I mean, yes, if you're releasing a phone to begin with, it should be optimized, yeah. and that's not just LG. That's Qualcomm as well. So I'm not, I mean, they can make they can make that point, and okay, fine. But I mean, I'm it was sure. so it was kind of awkward. We were at uh, Derek and I were at the LG event, and they kind of did this. Somewhat randomly event where they they had LG representatives and a host on stage, and they brought person after person up to talk about the various parts like of a, the G six. Like a, it was a, a scripted panel discussion. Yeah, it was. Those are always great. Yeah, scripted panel discussion. It was a bit of a yeah. It was on, it was very much on rails. So it was kind of interesting that they decided to go with that. And one of the people that they brought up was from Qualcomm. Because they were like, hey, Qualcomm, we need you to completely validate our decision to use an older processor in public, even though you know you already validated it before, because Qualcomm works with LG and Samsung and HTC and Motorola and everybody. Like, you, They don't just take their processors and put them in things when they're big companies like this. So they had Qualcomm come out and say, we think that LG made a fantastic decision using our last generation processor. And it was just very odd. And they had this guy stand up there and say, uh, and we worked to bring a lot of our newest camera features back to the 821 and this new version of the 821. It was just, it was very much like you were holding a gun to the guy's head and being like, Really, tell them that the A21 is the right processor. Right. I mean, this sounds a lot like what OnePlus did when it released the OnePlus 2. Uh, with a, the, a little bit. Snapdragon no, I mean, 810, second generation. Very edition. similar. They are bringing some of the ISP features back to um, uh, the um, uh, LG as, as well. They're back for the uh, the second camera. Some of the features where you zoom between different levels of... Uh, and of, so, of, uh, yeah, it's not like it's not true. Features. They did work with yeah, Qualcomm. I mean, it's, it's just, it, it just very se- seemed very weird and... The general like uh, launch look, is well, like just don't don't acknowledge it. Yeah, it's say, calling attention to a thing that they don't have. Or to just say it. it's got an A twenty one and leave it. And we go okay. Every, the the people that care about it are such a small number of people. You know, we could talk for another three hours on this, but mm-hmm. so few people care about it. It's just like why why stand up there and talk? But okay, so let's talk a little bit about those cameras, Alex. Uh, you've used them. Mm-hmm. Uh, le- there's a difference between the the setup on the G6 than the G5 and V20. Yeah, so uh, last year we were looking at 16 plus 8, so 16 megapixels for the main uh, shooter and 8 for the wide angle. Uh, LG said a lot of people like to use the wide angle as their main camera, and so they Almost again, 50% of the G6. So, and yeah, I found myself doing this as I've been using the G6. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what, So what they do is they, they bring the sensors in line 
in terms of megapixel count is the same sensor behind both lenses. Uh, there are some differences in terms of the lenses themselves. So it's a brighter aperture for the uh, regular camera. Regular camera also has OIS, whereas the, the wide angle you're at uh, f2.4 and you don't need stabilization. So you're still looking at a situation where the wide angle isn't quite as good in low light. You still have all the all that goodness with the ISP and the processing going on. So it is a, a hell of a lot better than the G5 in the dark with the, uh, the wide angle. But uh, obviously, you know, you want better low light performance, which the main camera, you have, you know, the, the great optics and also, right. uh, you know, the stabilization going on there. And I've been very, very pleasantly surprised Me on too. this. I, I mean, I, you know, you were there, Andrew, I was grilling this guy on, on the camera specs and <laughs> on, you know, the exact size of the pixels because... You and he was like, trust us, we figured some stuff. And I was like, eh, okay. I, you know, I think Standard I actually visibly grimaced when he told me that it was it was a 13 megapixel, it was 1.1 whatever micron pixels. 1.12. 1.12, so nothing nothing Not special. And, yeah, and, uh, and yet I used this out here in Barcelona... I go out in the dark, and it is basically as good as the pixel in the dark. Yeah, which is absolutely fantastic. So I and I love the V20s wide-angle camera, despite the fact that it had different resolution, it different quality, garbage in the dark, it, and it just even even had just different color tuning and characteristics to the yeah. wide camera. And I still love taking photos with it. And so when they told me or told us when we were there that forty-nine percent of people use the main camera primarily and only switch to the or the wide camera primarily and switch to the other one occasionally it made sense to me and now the fact that it's i i think that you know eventually they could get to the point where it's the same lens and this you know ois and everything but the fact that they bumped the sensor is is huge and it's it's also yeah that's that's what they're focused on at the cost of some arguably extraneous things like laser autofocus, like the color spectrum sensor, which I mean, I, I, what did that even do? It did nothing. Right. Um, yeah, so I mean, it's it's a bit weird to be looking at the situation where these features that LG made a huge deal about in years past are gone, but at the end yep. of the day, the image quality, I think, speaks for itself. Yeah. Uh, I, I just want to say that I'm among the, the wide-angle users, yes. because you can just fit so much in the frame. It is, some, it's just yeah. so fun being able to do that. That, yes. that the wide-angle camera is on par with the main camera is the number one reason why this is my number one phone yeah. from MWC. Yeah. And I think this will turn into um, maybe a reason for people to, to have some brand loyalty for LG and maybe... Yeah. Uh, they know they this is a big out, feature for them. Yeah, well, you go maybe it shows when you carry a store. The big selling point, you know, they hand it to you. You're taking wide angle pictures of whatever out the window, and maybe that's a reason it's to walk out there with a G6 and not. No G6. other, no other company's doing it. So yeah. it's like, and we know the, basically for a fact Samsung's not doing it. If, if exactly anyone here, it, it sounds like Samsung's going to be sticking with their same camera setup. So this is something that LG can really hit on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, yeah, once again, LG for the past, I think at least the past three or four years has really excelled with the camera. It's great to see they're doing it again. And, uh, you know, like I said, I was skeptical based on them alone, but I've really enjoyed using it out here in Barcelona the past few days. Uh, so, yeah. So where can we buy it? Well, if you're in Korea, you can buy it ne- like next week. If you're in the rest of the world, and actually it's, you know, we have a US review and it's here. They're running 7.0. It's pre-production firmware. Be another, um, it'll, be another be, month. it'll be another month after that before it's on sale in the US and the US will actually get 7.1 um, at launch so with the, the units we have right now are 7.0 Korea will launch on 7.0 and updated later and uh, the US will be right up to date on 7.1 point whatever when it eventually hits um, so obviously 
when you talk about competition between G6 and GSA, any kind of delay between the two is bad for LG, just because Samsung is this this behemoth of a company. Yes. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the, based on the dates that they've been telling us, they're at least going to have a couple of weeks head start on that, which is better than nothing. It is. Well, LG needs it. They need it so badly. And they have a good product this time. Oh, they have, yeah. I think it's a great product. I do. I think it's very good so far. Yeah. Yeah. What else is very good? How about Nokia? <laughs> yes! 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 yes. Oh. Sorry. So not on fun. BlackBerry is not the only brand having a major resurgence here. Yeah, so Derek, you yes. you were at this event. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Nokia releasing how many? Three Android phones? Three Android phones. Well, so and we have, a we have to do the, the BlackBerry TCL thing. Yeah, yeah. so Nokia is actually kind of in the same situation as BlackBerry. These phones are made by a company actually called HMD, which is made up of former Nokia and Microsoft employees that. Subtle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Smooth. That's why I opened my beer before we started recording. Thanks, Daniel. I'm a professional. <laughs> So Nokia, Nokia's contracted the the brand to HMD, made up of former Nokia employees that went to Microsoft when Microsoft bought their phones division, and then pretty much shut it down you because it turned out to follow all this acquisition. Yeah, it's and just a mess off of employees. But HMD goes one step further than BlackBerry TCL because HMD is just a company that designs and markets phones. Right. The phones are manufactured by Foxconn. Sure. Okay. I mean, head swimming can't follow. Right? And it's running Android. TLDR. Yes, the TLDR. Nokia's back. They're making Android phones. They're good quality devices, but they're also not like super high end. You're getting a well built device running pure Android, but at, like a starting price for the most expensive one is 250 euros. And it'll be sold in and that's in a Europe. Com- that's in a Europe, in Asia, in the division. There are three phones uh, for the Android. There's Nokia three, the Nokia five, the Nokia six. The Nokia six is actually already on sale in China. Right. Does and it bother th- you that it's not the three, five, and seven? Um, no. It bothers me. It bothers me that Where's these, the four? these numbers have no attachment to anything. Clearly. Yes. <laughs> because the Nokia three has a five inch screen, and the Nokia five has a five point two inch screen. Ah. So dead, how, dead to me. Yeah. Um, in a sea of inexpensive Android yeah, this phones, is, this is how are they trying to differentiate fun. themselves? They're, they're differentiating. Uh, okay. For one, there's the Nokia brand, yeah. okay. a known and trusted brand, and it still has a whole bunch of Nokia people behind it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're differentiating through, you know, through clear, easy, unadulterated Android. And fast updates as well. And fast updates. Which is they're, they're promising fast updates, constant security you pay updates. Like one... I forget what the cheapest one is, but it was like 130 or something? Yeah, it was 130, 40 euros. You pay 140 to 300 euros for a phone. I mean, you basically, I mean, even in the Motorola world, you're kind of out on a limb in terms of software updates. Yeah. The Lenovo roller world, yeah. Yeah, yeah they're, they're promising frequent software updates, even playing with this lowest end one, which is running off of, I can't even remember what processor it's a 430. it is. Uh, it's not yeah, yeah, 430. The, lowest, the lowest one, I didn't have a 430. The lowest one has like lowest one had a MediaTek sixty seven thirty seven, which is a quad core one point three gigahertz chip, um, and it felt great because it doesn't have all this stuff that other companies that are making cheap phones feel like they need to pile on top of to differentiate their software experience yet. Yet, and I don't think Nokia is going to do that. 
We'll see. HMD. I, no, it's, it's so, sort so, of a proven way to to, to eliminate value yeah. in your phone. Yeah, rather than <laughs> yeah. Ad. And so the the third way that they're doing it is by following on in the Nokia tradition of making solid hardware. These phones are really well built for, and simply, but really well built for their price points. The uh, the lowest one, the Nokia 3, has a metal aluminum frame with a nice polycarbonate back. It feels a lot like the Nokia 925 uh, Lumia from a couple of years ago, which was a really great phone. The other two are aluminum unibody phones, and they're made by Foxconn, who makes iPhones. And, you know, iPhones yeah, are I pretty mean, solid hardware. I don't think that's important. It's like yeah, the, everybody uses some random, man, random manufacturer, and usually it's one of the big couple. Yeah. So, I mean... So, yeah. Yeah, so they're, they're good phones, uh, but the one that really captured the show. Well, captured the show in the minds of the press, I think. Yes, in the, yes, in the hearts of the minds of generation. Yeah. yeah. Was, uh, I'll, let, I'll let Mr. Fisher take this one. Well, I, I will, we'll, we'll talk about the phone, but I have to say, in order to get to the phone we're talking about, yes. I had to walk past the. Two, eight, and four, or the three, five, and seven, or whatever the hell these are. The numbers. Yeah, and I didn't mind, and I didn't even go back to to look at them. Not because they're not significant, not because yeah. everything you said is is untrue, but I will say that there was a period in time, a long period in time, when Nokia made phones that had great construction, yes, simplicity, yes, but also personality. You sure. Could, you, even the basic ones, you pick up a Nokia phone, and it 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 it, it had a sense of identity. And to me, that doesn't translate to the to the numbered ones you and just. Is that because of the software? No, it's not. It's because well, no, the software played a part in it. But I'm, yeah. I'm just talking about the hardware in this instance. And I don't think any of those Android. The, I, if I see another aluminum unibody phone of any sort, I'm just I'm just going to leave. Oh, so we should probably clear <laughs> off the table. Here I go. Yeah. Yeah. No, but that's the thing. We've seen all these before. Right? So yeah. I was I was quite let down by 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 that, and I hope that they are able to infuse. A tenth of the personality into their future Android phones yeah. that they put into the 3310. It's just such a tough 2017 market. edition. Like, yeah. It would have How been a very dramatic transition, but Andrew has another point. I just no. <laughs> I, I just can't get over the fact that how like how many of these are they going to have to sell to actually make anything the 3310? No, 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 I don't no, give. I don't give a damn about. I don't think it's about. I, I, I mean, I'm just good. thinking about look at. Next bit just getting snapped up by Razor. So mm-hmm. they made very sure they didn't have the brand equity that they just purchased. Yeah, but which yeah, whatever about that. So if this was any other brand name, would you care any more than you don't care about Geomi or whatever you were looking at earlier today? Nubia, Cool Pad, yeah. No, the difference is not just any, the brand. Any other of the, the it's the people behind it. Yeah, it's not just the brand name. It's the people behind it and the software. Okay, and the, and the, the design. The people behind it that have not made yes. a phone that anybody's now, cared about in ten years. No, it's not their fault though. They were caught. Uh, they were making Windows phones. Yeah, there, were, there was a there was a much more complicated situation than you're making it. I think. I think. I mean, it doesn't just, sell just yet. Uh, yes. Yes, you but, get a lot of extra. You get a head start by just switching to a platform with apps that people will want to use. Yes. Mm-hmm. But it's a very competitive market. Oh yeah. And I'm just saying, Nokia. Yes, that's a strong brand. Good yeah, people. Yeah has not exactly done anything good in 10 years. 
I think, yeah, I mean, that, that's, Full that's, stop. A, that's a valid point. They have a very large hole to dig themselves out of, and they're yes. building a ladder out of old Nokia phones. It's, yeah, and so because it's, you can it's, do about, it's about establishing a brand and about how, you know, establishing a business and a starting point to, to build from. Mm-hmm. You can't go from zero to 100 in terms of so I think brand can, value and product quality. Yeah. You, have to have, you have to start at the level they're starting and hopefully build from that. But I think you can look at these and you can, on one hand, you can say very interesting, cool stuff. And then you can also say, well, I'm just going to buy a phone from a more established maker of high-end Android or mid-range Android phones and just wait. And like, you don't sure. have to we, be, We're approaching this from the... Being interested of, in purchasing a phone or yeah, two different but things. We're, we're, look, we're approaching this from the position of there are more Android phones on this table than there are people at this table. Yeah. We're, we're, we come from a different perspective than somebody who's going to walk into... Uh, their local carrier store, and they want to. They just want to get a cheap, good phone that's going to last them a while. And they're going to go Nokia. They're going to find a Samsung Galaxy A. Well, uh, are these phones going to be available at carriers? They are working to get that, but they didn't have anything specific to say on that. Um, that relationship will be crucial. Yes, that relationship will be crucial. Uh, they're also making a huge push into emerging markets with these. Phones. Well, yeah, of course. Uh, because you know, let's be honest, people in you know Europe and the United States are they're they're interested in mid range to upper range. There's of course people who want lower range phones, but the emerging markets like all of Africa and India and Southeast Asia, where you can put out these phones that. You know, a 250 euro phone might be the best that they can afford. Absolutely. And I think we're, we're also missing, uh, to some extent, the fact that Nokia never had the brand equity in the US and no. Canada that it did in parts of Europe. Not even smartphones. Well, right. even, I mean, once Android took hold in, in uh, North America, a lot of people were still using Symbian well into 2011, 2012. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I remember, you know, I got an E71, uh, which ran, what was it, one of the latest versions of, one of the last versions of Symbian. I don't know. Um, you know the one, it was sort of like the N8, but it had the flip-out keyboard that was really beautiful. Mm. Oh. Talking Greek to me. In the U.S., we're sitting here like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, I mean, this was around the same time that Nokia was partnering with Microsoft on, on Windows Phone. Uh, and uh, once they moved over to Windows Phone, I mean, they kind of gave... They, they gave up something, some some of their special sauce to to Microsoft, and at the time, I think there was a lot to look forward to. Yeah. You know, Windows Phone was a really great product in its first generation. Yeah, it was just missing a whole bunch of features that was that were already in Android and iOS, so it just never survived. And you know, our our friends and, and colleagues over at Windows Central would argue that Windows Mobile is not dead. And but. But but it's not breathing but very it's, well. Yeah, it's, it's got it's got some it's got some water in the lungs. So uh, you know this was really Nokia's only well no the, you know the well Nokia if you were ever going to resuscitate Nokia's brand it had to be through Android. Yeah, and by doing it this way and partnering with HMD and Foxconn, it saves them from what hurt Nokia before was owning their own manufacturing chain. Trying to That's be, very expensive to do. They were kind of where HTC's at. Big, lots of moving mass, but not a, a, a large enough actual business to support yeah. that many people and that much infrastructure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, as we found, uh, you know, a lot of companies are divesting themselves of their manufacturing facilities for that reason. It is it's really the same expensive. Motorola. Yeah, mm-hmm. Motorola, BlackBerry, Nokia, uh, HTC probably quite soon. Mm-hmm. So soon it'll be Samsung, Foxconn, and Hanhai, and that's the same company. Oh, that's right, Foxconn and Hanhai. <laughs> <laughs> It's so confusing. Yeah. Yeah. LG still makes the sun stuff. Yeah, and LG. We, we actually sold last week. So anyway, Nokia made the 3310. It was pretty cool. What's next? Snake. Snake, I love Snake. All right, so... One of those companies you mentioned. One of the companies, uh, Motorola, Lenovo-Rola. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I said this to you one of... Moto. Hello, Moto. I said this to one of Motorola. Motorola's PR people, Lenovo-Rola, and they're like, never, ever say this <laughs> to anybody working at, Mo- at Motorola. They are not okay. Press with credentials pulled. Get yeah. out of my face. <laughs> Moto G5 and G5 Plus. So, Michael, you and I had a, a chance to play with this phone or these phones. We did. Um, eh? Yeah. Uh, it really tough. Really tough to I get really, to about these. Man. Yeah. I mean, what, what what do you have to say about this? Like, this is one of the most successful. This is Motorola's most successful brand period ever absolutely um, it is it sells in the millions and yet it's really tough to get excited about this product it sure is and i think that's from from my part it's because they took a product that was that again had some identity to it was 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 clearly you know identifiable from across the room oh yeah that's part of the moto family it's moto. how much did you pay for this oh really not a lot mm-hmm. well, i bet it runs like crap no it runs really well and then for one generation it was waterproof, which was another fun thing. And now it's just sort of another aluminum. It's, yeah, it's, it's very, very generic. Yeah. Try to go of, higher end without raising the price. Yeah, much and, 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 and removed from the origins of it where they focused on the experience and the performance and the screen. Whereas now it's just like, hey, here's another, we made a metal phone and it has the same compromises. Everything else in this price point. Now, I will say, though, that they have, they have retained much of what makes Motorola phones fun to use on the software side, which is a pretty, pretty stock Android experience plus Moto, Moto display, display, which is not, which not is something you always find on a $200 to $300 yeah, phone. Right. That's definitely right. still a differentiator. The, the twist to camera, the chop chop to flashlight. Yeah. These sounds like little things, but taken together, they do they add added. a lot to the to the experience of using them. It makes it a special phone. But right. the problem is you have to pick it up first. And this phone doesn't really make me want to cross a room for it. Um, Even the silver, the the gold version? Oh. 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 But I think that Michael's point's well taken that I think if you looked back two generations ago in the Moto G where they started to add a couple of these extra things whereas the Moto G before felt really, really basic. Yeah. They added a couple things that made it a little bigger, added front-facing speakers, added waterproofing, and you were like, okay, you just get a little extra, but it still had that kind of basic utilitarian feel. It was really good. With a little color. But now, you know, they have the swappable shells and all that kind of cool stuff, and now they've just tried to add some extra they tried to go too much style for you know without actually increasing the price and so it all kind of cheaped out it's it was kind of the asus problem where they try to make it more expensive looking than it is Uh, rather than motorola in the past few years i felt was very authentic to the price point with the e the g the x and even the z Mm -hmm. and now it's just like they're trying because the g is so popular and it's such a big part of their I mean, I don't know what percentage of their of Moto's division revenues are the Moto G, but it has to be massive. It's got to, if, if not all of all of their That's revenue. Yeah. The phone, right? Yeah. So they're really trying to just squeeze as much revenue out of that 
by trying to appeal to a wider audience by making it look a little nicer and all that. But and it's so, just not interesting. Yeah, I mean, so let's talk a little bit about the phone specifically because the G5 has sort of, it hasn't regressed, but it certainly hasn't progressed much. It's, it's moved over to, well, to so metal. It's more like it's taken over the Moto E line in terms of the specs though, right? Yeah, I mean, so it, it actually went from a, the last generation had a 5.5 inch 1080p display and a Snapdragon 617. And this is now a smaller 5-inch phone with the Snapdragon 430, which... So it's just a Moto E. ...is still built yeah. on the same process, and oh, it's not very fast. I mean, Alex pointed out that it has a better GPU but a slower CPU combo. So it's an octa-core chip, and without getting too you know, laden in the specs, you're not going to get any extra performance from this Moto G. The camera is identical to the last generation. The screen itself is actually worse. It's far worse. And Michael showed me, you can see TFT? the- TFT? Yeah, yeah can, this one is. The, the, like, the, oh, the Moto G5 is. So it's a Moto E. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's kind of gross. And there's a removable 2800 milliamp hour battery, which is smaller than the 3000 inside the, the G4. So this is sort of taking over. It's a combination of the Moto G4 Play and the Moto G4 right. in one device. Because there's no play again this year. There's no play. And then the G5 Plus is a significant jump from the G4 Plus. This is essentially a Moto Z Play in a cheaper body. So it's a Snapdragon 625. Uh, you get between two and four gigs of RAM, depending on your market. Oh, and the SKUs on this thing. Six SKUs of the Still G4. working on the flowchart. So <laughs> ridiculous. You get a different SKU for um, North America, for APAC, for EMEA. For uh, Asia um, specifically, there's so you get between two and four gigs of RAM, 16 to 64 gigs of storage, um, and some of them, like you'll get a two gig and a 64, or a Summer three gig soon, and a 32. So it's crazy. But anyway, this looks like a really good phone. And what Motorola has done is it's taken the camera from a much more expensive phone. This is a 12 megapixel camera. And it's got 1.4 micron pixels. Those are big. F1.7 lens. Yeah. On a $229 phone. That's what? cool. Yeah. But then do you have the ISP in that cheap chip to... Well, you have a 625. And as we know from the Moto Z Play, it's not the best, but it'll do. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's it'll... It, you know, it's babe. It'll do. <laughs> so I guess this is a big upgrade for 229 you're definitely getting a decent phone. It's not going to be sold on. It's not going to be sold at carriers in the U.S. It's unlocked only. Amazon uh, will probably uh, sell it with offers for fifty bucks off. To yeah, get under so you can look. Dollars. You can you can look forward to that. But again, this is no, just a kind can't, of but no. some people will <laughs> buy it anyway. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I, I mean, overall, I think the G plus the G five plus is a is a pretty big upgrade, and for a lot of people in developing markets. It's going to be It'll the best be phone they ever bought. Sure, absolutely, yeah. But that's kind of all we have to say about that. Oh, wait, right. the, the swipey thing. Oh, sure, yeah, Yeah, right. let's talk about that a little bit. The swipey thing. This is the, not the only manufacturer who's doing stuff no. like this this year. But yeah, you can, you can if you want, you can disable the navigation keys and do all of your interactions with the software that are not touchscreen interactions through the thumb pad, which is in the normal place. And refresh my memory. It's either a right to left or a left to right swipe gets you to the... Multitasking screen. So it's a left to right to open multitasking. On the bottom bezel there. On the, not on the bezel, yeah. On, well, the, on the fingerprint as if it were, on the Yeah, as if it were a trackpad. Right, it's like a palm. Which is not, yeah, did they hire some palm people? It's basically a gesture area from a, from a pre. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Just like we've seen with fingerprint sensor gestures before. Yeah. But this is for the entire interface, if you want. Yeah. Uh, yeah or I guess the navigation. No, the navigation is almost identical, but the difference from, from my part is that the Motorola implementation works really well. Yeah, it does. The other one does not. The other one being the Huawei uh, P10. Ten. I, I, were we trying to say this in unison? <laughs> I'm like looking at your. I'm looking at your face, going, "Wait, are we we'll doing?" I was going to back up. Later. Yeah, yeah. I was going to make the who are we? Oh, who are we? Okay, well, I think this is another one Alex <laughs> should probably take on. So Huawei P10. Yeah. And its larger sibling, the P10, P10 Plus. Yeah. So um, P10 is kind of interesting. Huawei improved a lot in a lot of ways in 2016. A lot of had to do with uh, the software. Some of that had to do with the camera. They had the Leica partnership, which was big for them. Uh, we saw a lot of the, like, the technical platform for the P10 last year with the Mate 9. And especially in terms of the smaller P10, um, the regular P10, that's effectively taking the internals of the Mate 9, shrinking it down into this more manageable size where you have a 5.1 inch People are waving at phones. You have a 5.1 inch uh, 1080p screen. Uh, you have a nice metal uh, kind of iPhone looking. Uh, yeah, definitely. Very iPhone, iPhone looking. Body. looking. Uh, Thanks, Derek. <laughs> Derek says from across the, the room. The one you have in your hand is blue, which is the only reason why it doesn't look like. As you can, as and, you can see from this podcast. And and you also have this crazy coating on the back. What's that called? I know. I know. Don't worry. I was not going to let this opportunity go by. So uh, it's called a hyper diamond cut finish, and it feel it looks and feels unlike anything I've ever seen on a phone before, and also sounds unlike anything I've seen on a phone before. Yes, no, do it. So I apologize. I apologize to anyone wearing headphones, but it, this is the sound when you rub nails on the back of the Huawei P10 in this dazzling blue color what it sounds like and it is this the greatest uh, so it's kind of, I, I don't really know everybody just it's, turned off this well, uh, yeah if you're still listening like the three of you that are still listening you made it an hour yeah okay um so it's yeah it's this this very very fine cut pattern it's like a nail file a little bit like a nail file I mean it feels okay it feels nicer than just holding a nail file in your hand yeah Um, as a matter of fact if I may say it feels so nice to me that after a day of using this, I went back to my Pixel and it it felt unfinished because it didn't have this this texture. Give me a I like break. it. Very, I like it very much. I like it a lot as it well. Is nice I, yeah, it feels it feels nice. And look, we're, we're in this world where most phones have this boring brush pattern. Yes, this is something new. Um, you know, for all for as much as this phone does shamelessly copy some iPhone design features, this is something. This is oh something that, <laughs> that Huawei's doing that is unique. So they have this this going for them in this this selection of color patterns. Um, they have cool the, colors. Uh, uh, yeah, cool colors uh, without getting too. Now, what about the rest of it? So you, the rest, you yeah, the do, do we want to do we want to talk Pantone because there was, no, there was like no. ten minutes of this 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 talk woman about talking about colors uh, the press in, in the events that we couldn't get into because the line was the line was so long. long. It's like basically yeah, the line was what, quite long. Whatever. Well, let's talk about the things that matter when you actually want to use the use the phone. Yeah, so you have, you have UI 5.1, which yeah. is a step up from 5, which was in the uh, the Mate 9, still based on Android 7.0, so they're not made the jump up to 7.1 yet, whatever. And, really and Mr. Mobile, what was your explanation of what the software on the P10 looks like? Uh, but, oh, no, no, I don't think I had a... a Something like a jewelry store? Uh, yeah, no. yeah, yeah, no, I was saying that, yeah, they took, they made EMUI somehow more skeomorphic, skeomorphic by taking the jeweled icons and putting literal picture frames yeah, on Yeah, all, all, all the icons are quite bad. God, it's, a great, um, it's a, not a pretty UI. Which, no. I mean, this thing, a lot of the icons, stock icons are bad, but all of the rest of the UI is actually quite 
reserved. You know, it doesn't. Five one's an improvement. It I wouldn't even, say it's reserved. Uh, it, well, here's the thing: that I mean, five, comparison. most of it looks the same as five. Um, the front face, the front facing ugliness of five point one in the P10 comes from the wallpapers and comes from the icons. Yeah, the, those the, are pretty important parts. They are, but yeah. there are things that you can change. Yes, thankfully. But there's um, things that probably like nobody will change. Yeah, unfortunately. I think um, the real difference is that like you know we have a notification shade that is specifically implemented now because the old one was unusable, whereas the old one looked looked better because this one looks like a stopgap that they're going to fix before release, which they're not because well, it looks specifically looks broken to you. Though. It's it. None of the colors make any sense together. Some of it's black, some of it's white, and the, mm. the stuff you turn on is is blue instead of white, and white is off for some reason. It's just it's just it's just not pretty. Is the problem? And I, I know that that attractiveness is subjective, and I understand. And there are other. But then some people are just wrong about that. But I, yeah, I gotta tell you, it, it is no, it, it is not. Real. I won't carry a Huawei phone because I can't deal with the things I can't change, even when I change the launch. It, it's like Samsung and LG two, three years ago. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know what? And they'll get they'll get there. They'll and they'll get to where Samsung are, and LG are today. Exactly right. And Huawei is moving. You know, I mean, yeah. they're they've proven that they're the hardware is already the there. Yeah, the hardware, yeah. Is, hardware is fantastic. Although there is, I mean, we got to mention the like the weird situation going on with the screen on this. What? And the fact that oh, we've only spent about six hours. Oh uh, yeah, you've never mentioned this. Please. Well, go. yeah, I mean, so this, I mean, this is a big thing. If you buy this phone, you buy a phone for six fifty euros plus. Yeah. You expect to have some kind. You expect the screen to not be a greasy fingerprinty mess, which this oh. kind of is. Yeah. If um, you take off, and off. this is only a five. 5.1 inch phone? 5.1 inch. Right. So yeah. it's, a, it's a compact, high spec, expensive phone. Can't shell up for an oleophobic code. Apparently not. So they have a, they have a factory fitted screen protectors on the front by default. Normally, some Huawei phones do that. Fine, you take them off, whatever. But if you do in this case, uh, Michael Fisher's Man, opening that a beer. Really but if you do in this case, uh, there is next to the mic. There is no oleophobic There is no oleophobic coating, at least on, I haven't taken the protector off the uh, P10 Plus yet for fear of that it will turn it into the same greasy pizzery mess. And but De- Derek and I both took our screen protectors off. And, and, and this uh, is, I will hold it right up to okay, the mic and I apologize to Beta for this, but this is the sound that it makes. Oh God. I, I'm not sure if you can hear that, but that's yeah, that's so just, weird. It's this greasy, it's more smudgy, about the feel than sound, folks. It's, yeah, the, 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 it just <laughs> it feels bad, and I don't know why it's yeah, like no, that. It is just we've reached the point where he is rubbing his fingers on a touch screen with the screen off on an audio only podcast. Yeah, you can hear. I mean, you, oh, yeah, you, I, you hold I, it to your ear, you can hear, but yeah, so that's I mean, the rest of the phone is nice, okay, even though it's still a bit weird. Um, it, it's a big, it you know, they obviously come a long way, but it's just like. With, with Huawei, there, there is still this potential for them to do something completely insane. Another example of that is uh, the button on the front. Yes. So, uh, they've removed the fingerprint sensor from around the back to the front. They also have um, this new button setup now where you have a fingerprint scanner, tap it to unlock, uh, and there are two options there. So you either have your standard Android on screen buttons, or you have this new setup where you tap, the, it's like we were talking about. Most same time, thing we just talked about. Yeah. Basically the same thing. So tap once for back. Double tap for home and swipe for tap switching, and my brain just can't handle that. It's what? What if they spent time not doing that, and then fixing the general interface that grates on everybody's eyes? Yes, I that that I'm I'm 100 with you on. I will say though that while this does not work as well as Moto, in my opinion, 
I did also get used to it faster than I thought. It's it's long past. I enjoy that they're trying it. I, I think I, it's neat. I, I like to see some people thinking outside the box in terms of well, well done, Huawei. You should fix the basics first, yeah. please. Um, other th- so that's that's the P10. Um, for a lot, you know, it is very much uh, the, the the essentials of the Mate Nine trucking down to a small package. Four gigs of RAM, sixty-four gigs of storage. All very nice to see. Yeah. So a de- decent platform to build on. Then you step up the P10 Plus. Which is six gigs of RAM, 128 gigs of storage, plus SD. Not every SKU though, right? There is a uh, 464 no, gig version. Not the plus. I thought there was. Uh, the... Not that they announced for Europe. Oh, Maybe okay. in other regions, I'm not sure. Uh, but the, yeah, the only one they're talking about in Europe, and of course it is only sold in Europe, Canada, and Asia, and not for the US market. Uh, so 664, uh, 6128, which is huge, a lot of storage, uh, plus SD if you want to expand that even further. Um, bigger screen, bigger battery, quad HD, really great. Uh, and the, of course, the huge thing for the camera is they switching up now to this Leica Similux f 1.8 lens, which the downside of the, P, uh, the Mate 9's camera, and by association, the P10's camera is that it is can't use an f 2.2 lens, kind of not great in low light, a little bit charging compared to like the Pixel, the GS7. This has a much brighter lens and huge potential there for them to improve low light performance. Can we talk about that? Uh, how how we had a wonderful time with that camera? It's, it was so fun. Yeah, Vader and I went to with Derek Kessler. Jeez, stop! <laughs> went uh, to a, to a photography class of sorts, hosted by uh, well, gosh, Manuel Manf- Manfred. All right, I'm going to look. Manfrotto. No, <laughs> he is an an Austri- a professional uh, photographer uh, who has. A, uh, a well-known business taking photos of celebrities in, in uh, Hollywood. And uh, one of his best w- and most well-known photos is of Ron Perlman. Uh, and and uh, he's just a fascinating guy. But what he did was we were in this beautiful building in, um, in downtown Barcelona. All right, we're just unabashed now. Um, and he was... It, there was some... Very nice. There's a, a contrast of, of harsh and, and soft light depending on where you were in the room. Yeah. And he was showing us the best ways to take portrait photography. Uh, and and you know, it's something to there's something to be said for taking time to to frame a photo properly, to place somebody in the right lighting conditions, mm-hmm. to adjust the settings on your camera. I think most people with phones they just open the camera app and press the shutter button, and that often gets a great photo. But with a little bit of tutelage, he kind of helped us figure out the optimal placement of a person and the optimal conditions and the optimal manual settings, and we got some amazing photos. We sure did. Vader's a pretty good model, incidentally. He Thank is. You. So are you, out. Derek. Aww. Yeah, Derek as well. But I think there, you know, there's something to be... Uh, you know, and this is not a particularly unique camera setup. I mean, it's a right. the same setup as in the main nine. I think it's Alex. It's an identical sensor, uh, right? The the sensor is identical. The lens. Um, there is some confusion over whether it's the exact same lens, but the, the the aperture is the same. Okay. So either way, I mean, we're looking at a fairly kind of common but high end camera setup. And we got some amazing results. And the, the beauty of this is that there's a 20 megapixel uh, monochrome sensor in there. And when you turn on monochrome uh, in the camera settings, you're using 
the you, you, it's it's just using that one sensor, which I think is really interesting. So you're getting great monochrome photos rather than just um, in most other photos, or most other camera apps, when you turn on monochrome mode, it just what it just it's artificially removes some of it. yeah yeah, the, yeah. The, the color, which you never get the same contrast. Um, anyway. Manfred Bauman. Manfred Bauman. Manfred Bauman was his name. That took a long that's, time. That's going to be my my new notification tone. You say <laughs> Manfred Bauman. Manfred Bauman. <laughs> uh, let, let's also talk quickly about another Huawei announcement that. Uh, oh yeah. Yes. Who wants to take this one? I mean, so I, greenery is the 2017 color of the. No, <laughs> no, oh, no. Oh, that one device which is not coming greenery. Oh, uh, thankfully. Yeah, it does the, come in orange. It's just, oh my <laughs> God, does it come in orange? Bubble um, gum orange from fourth grade. <laughs> what kind of bubble gum is orange? The, the, the kind you find under your desk in elementary school. <laughs> You're not supposed to eat that, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> so the Huawei Watch 2 and Huawei Watch 2 Classic slogan goes here. <laughs> <laughs> allow me to scroll, the, scroll back a little way on well, allow me to explain the reference I just made so we have we have uh, what I believe are pre-production versions they are pre-production versions pre-production versions I hope of it comes the, out the like Huawei um, uh, watch 2 and well just the watch 2 at this point so um, yeah we, we win a box these things on the box is the name in embossed reflective writing underneath that Huawei watch 2 slogan goes here so a lot of this stuff is, is not final just yet and an empty booklet, like they actually printed blank pages. Oh, a blank safety manual and a blank blank manual, which is but what kind is, of like no, what is final is the design of these things, right? And, and the hardware that we're evaluating, is, and it's not that great. That yeah. is the source of the groan, not the so. Yeah. I think I mean not that great is being generous. It's it's bad. It's it's very pedestrian, and it it feels like a like a, a drugstore Timex is how I say is it. that's how you sync up uh, yeah, thank you and the the <laughs> problem about that is the fir- first problem is everybody li- not everybody most people like the original Huawei watch because it was solid and it was pretty sleek and you could get it in metal with a nice metal band and it would look good it would look great. It was one of the best looking Huawei. Exactly. Best looking Android Wear device. <laughs> exactly. And then they come out and the Huawei Watch 2, interestingly, there was a bit of a name change here. At some point, this was yeah. the Huawei Watch 2 Sport. So but we break this thing open and it has the, 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 the blank manuals for this thing say Huawei Watch 2 Sport. Actually, the final names are just the Huawei Watch 2 and the Huawei Watch 2 Classic. And so the interesting part about it is the Huawei Watch 2 is in no way a spiritual successor to the original no, because looks nothing like it. it it's gone to a sport it kind of looks like an LG G Watch R yeah. yes that is not a compliment by the way for those of you I mean it's, it's an old it's, it's an older design and I think the G Watch R looks better the G Watch does. R does look better yeah. so the watch Huawei Watch 2 is it's all plastic it's kind of got this gaudy bezel on the front that's also plastic that doesn't rotate for it doesn't rotate and it doesn't have a rotating crown right it has all the same specs as an lg watch sport so there is that it's on the new platform the the snapdragon wear 2100 768 megs of ram that's not it's, a new platform by the way let's just the, let's be very clear about sorry, this it's the latest android wear it platform. is still built on a 20 nanometer process that's, it's almost identical yeah. to the step snapdragon 400 that's and fine there is there are no like energy savings to be had from this chip this is the latest android wear platform yes every single 
for Android Wear watch this year will be running this processor because this is what they're building against. And that's fine. So it's got the same internals as the LG Watch Sport. That's good. It does... It has an LTE version. There's NFC. It has removable removable bands, even though it has those radios in it, because so, the casing is all plastic. Yeah, and but as thick as the first one. But it's still pretty thick. It's still pretty heavy, considering that it's plastic, and it's just not built well. The the plastic casing, really cheap bands, are just it's not just, that great. The first one I saw was the orange one. It just looks like a toy. Even yeah. even in the basic black, which. If for some reason you consider this thing, you would want to just buy the black one. Don't buy the the speckled one or the orange one. It just doesn't feel great, and they're still charging three hundred and twenty nine euros for this. Yeah, base if for the Bluetooth and Wi Fi one, not mm-hmm. even for the LTE one. So, Alex, you've you, you've looked at the Huawei Watch Two Classic, which is this design but with more metal in the case. Thing yeah, so the uh, yeah, whereas brand. this is is very much rubber and plastic. I think what they call it, various plastics for the, the, the mix, for mixed plastics, mixed plastics. So yeah, mixed plastics for the uh, the regular one. Um, the classic is a bit more classier. It's metal and, and leather. There is a ceramic. It's more of a proper successor it, to it, the original Huawei. Kind of, but not really. I mean, more, just just like more, it. just a little, a little bit more. Yeah, so. Uh, metal and leather. You have a, a ceramic area around the bezel, and that's what they use for NFC and for the, all the radios. But it's the same shape and size, same internals, just a little very bit much different. the same design. Uh, not quite as obnoxiously, you know, chunky in terms of the the bezel and the lugs and the buttons as as the the, the sport version. You know, the regular Huawei Watch Two. It looks better. If you you know, if I was going to part with my own money to buy one of these, if you held a gun to my head, I would pick the uh, the the classic. Right. Uh, it is more expensive. Than the regular Huawei yep. watch, it is uh, three ninety nine uh, euros, which is insane, it's crazy money. Um, I mean, you can talk about the LG Watch Sport being too thick and big and all that, but it's cheaper and has a better body, better screen, and a rotating crown for input. I mean, we're talking a, about a one point two inch display on this versus one point four in the same case size. I forgot exactly how you phrased this, but you have the LG Watch Sport here. Mm-hmm. And that, like, before this Huawei Watch 2 was put on my wrist, I found that LG Watch Sport to be, um, you know, to, to say it's boring, it was, it was charitable. I, I really could not care less. It's like reference model looking hard. You put the LG Watch Sport next to this thing, and in my book, I mean, it's, it's a supermodel all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, it's really it's, it's very a, it's weird quite a disappointing especially it feels Huawei, old it who, feels like it's not yeah. the same people that made the original one it's very Which it well, that's exactly right, right. and it, it can't it can't possibly be that designer who helped out with the Huawei watch who we still haven't found out what his name was um, could not could not possibly have been involved in this for longer than it took him to look at it take a u-turn and walk out the door yeah. so the so and, and the problem for Huawei in this case is, we're going to see a lot of new Android Wear watches in 2017. This is going to get lost in the shuffle. Nobody is going to be drawn to this in the same way that the original Huawei watch, along with the Moto 360, I think, were kind of the one-two. Mm. You know, you can argue about which one is one and two. I think Man. the only way they're going to shift these, and it's going to be Europe, because that's where they're strongest. Knock 100 uh, euros off of it. Well, no, it's going to be, because in, in the UK, they, have, they, they have all four carriers, plus Carphone Warehouse for the, P9, uh, for the P10. They have uh, three of the four, plus Carphone for the P10+. Plus, the way they're going to shift these in the UK is by bundling them. It's the same thing that right. Samsung did back when they had 
you know, gear. weird, gear. bad wearables themselves, you shift them just by either giving them away free or knocking a significant amount off when you buy it with a phone. Right, and then why make them and sell them in the first So speaking place? of the gear, like the Gear S3 is way nicer than this as well. Yep. I mean, I was just talking about compared to Android Wear 2.0, which only has two other watch choices. This is just so weird. I, I don't get it. It's not going to sell, not going to capture any mind share either. It's very funky. We should say that if you do end up leaping on it, and for some reason you you know you like the design, that's cool. I mentioned in my hands-on that I like the Casio watch. I'm like, I'm a weird guy. I get it. If you like this, then that's cool. Yes, it you will. It will run. Thank you. It will run. It does run Android Wear uh-huh. 2. Yeah, it's really fine. Nicely. It's, it's smooth. And the screen's okay. It does the, the screen is okay, and it has um, an ambient light sensor, presumably yeah. in the same implementation as sure. LG's. Where also, like right now is okay. It has yeah, GPS. It has heart rate. It has all the features. It's just the, the price is, is bad for me. Like, yeah. if this was 269 or something... You'd be like, oh yeah, sure. You expect a shortcoming, kind of like the Zen watches. Yeah. But it's just the fact that you're charging upward of you know, over four hundred dollars for this. I mean, based considering the fact that it was the Huawei Watch Sport, mm. eventually until, originally until maybe recently. I mean, it's possible this is not the last Huawei Watch we'll see in 2017. Hopefully, and possibly, Definitely. possibly <laughs> we could see a successor to the really nicely designed metal Huawei watch, but the fact that this is being sold as the successor, for better or for worse, it, yeah, for worse, this is going to impact the way people perceive yeah. Huawei. People, people yeah. will go from this, as I'm holding, you can't see, as I'm holding up the uh, the original Huawei watch yeah. with the, the Milanese-style band, which is a really nice-looking, you know, for a smartwatch, a really Which nice itself watch. was expensive. Which, yeah, wasn't cheap. You're going from that to this, and it's like, what the hell happened? Yeah, right. Well... I think that's enough to wait and see. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna kind of um, run through the next couple because um, if if we weren't already scared off by the sound of the um, P10 backing, don't do no, it. Just stop. He wants to do it so I... badly. Oh no. <laughs> we're gonna talk quickly about the Sony Xperia XZ Premium mm-hmm. because the other three phones are not worth talking about. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, I think I'm more interested in talking about the fact that it doesn't have a fingerprint sensor in the U.S. And Andrew wrote up something about why that is. If you haven't read it, go do that right now. But let's Good let's article. go through this. Okay, so the XZ Premium, it's a follow-up to the XZ, which was released in September. It's got a similar design to the XZ, which itself was similar but a bit more rounded uh, to the X. This is sort of a, it takes the Z line that was popular all the way back in 2013, adds some of the X line that debuted earlier in 2016. I think you're giving Sony way too much credit there. They picked two numbers out of a hat. And this is <laughs> <laughs> Either way, this is a very big, uh, it's a very nice looking phone. It's a it 5.5 inch mm-hmm. 4K HDR screen, the only one in existence right now. Why? It's a mirror finish. This because thing why? is basically a uh, an accessory. It, if you want to check how you look, you just turn your phone around. And it is going to be expensive. We don't know how much it's going to be, but it's going to. But it has a Snapdragon 835. Mm-hmm. It has uh, this 4K screen. It has four gigs of RAM, 64 gigs of internal storage, and this new Motion Eye camera, which is a lie. Uh, <laughs> the so camera is a lie. Let me give you. Uh, let me let me explain. Since the Z5 line, which debuted in 2015, Sony's been shipping the IMX300 sensor inside. Uh, it was a 23 megapixel sensor with, uh, what is it, F1.8 
1.8 lens or S- F2, F2. Anyway, they always claim to be the best cameras in existence, and then every other camera over uh, outperforms them. This camera is apparently better. It's a 19 megapixel sensor with an improved lens and five axis stabilization and all the other which, which by the way, five axis stabilization also a lie. Is a lie. It's, well, part, of, it's part of the lie. It's, the yeah, big it's electronic stabilization. That's yeah. But they never we, said it was OIS, so it's not technically a lie. But we discovered that lie. this is the same sensor, like Sony enjoys doing, using the same sensor year over year. They use the same sensor from the Xperia Z all the way to the Z2, and then replaced it with the Z3 and the Z3. But this is the same sensor with slightly larger pixels at a slightly lower 19 megapixel resolution. You should also say the ISP from the A35, which you would have should be like. Yeah, we don't know what the photos are going to look like yet. But there is one redeem, one redeeming feature here. It is the fact that there is much more. There's five times the bandwidth between the camera and the memory bus, which means that oh. you can do 960 frames per second slow. And that's super cool. It's very cool. Although early users of the feature, which I didn't get to check, discovered that you can only take it in like five second bursts. Yeah. Which kind but of again, at 960 frames per second, that's a that's lot That's gonna really draw it out a long time. You're right, yeah, and nobody needs to take that long uh, to do I don't. Slow, I don't but. need, I don't need a 45 second long video at 960 frames per second. No, nobody does. Nobody has, nobody has so Um We don't know when it'll be on sale. We, it's late spring. Price, I'm gonna, I'm calling 950. Okay, should we do the like, prices right? Whoever gets the, is it? I would say, the closest without going over. Okay, so let's let's give some context here. <laughs> oh, okay, the, other, the other phone that nobody cares about was the Xperia XZS. That's a lower uppercase XZ, lowercase S, for anybody keeping track. Okay. This is the same phone that was announced last September, but with slightly higher RAM storage and the same lie camera. And it's $700 <laughs> coming out on April 5th. It's the motion lie camera. <laughs> oh, sorry oh, cool. about the... As opposed to all the other There's ones. been no ambient noise in this podcast. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah it's, uh, anyway, so that's $700. Whatever, screw that. So the um, XZ Premium is at least going to be $850. It's what we call atmosphere. Yeah. I'm, I'm, it's going to be over $900. Yeah, yeah, I can't disagree. I'm, yeah, I'm going to say eight, yeah, eight, $849, $850. Okay. All right. I, I bet you they go $899 right on that. Yeah. But at least for that eight eight ninety nine price point, you have all the essentials that you'd want on a smartphone. <laughs> you have the metal design, you have the USB C ports, you have you know uh, a touch screen, uh, you have speakers, and of course that fingerprint scanner. It's, right. Especially if you don't have fingers. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, what the hell is going on? Why doesn't this have a fingerprint? What if you sensor? live in Canada and you always wear gloves anyway, so you're not going to use the fingerprint sensor? This is why you got digital uh, devices, man. So Alex and I. I think we finally, I mean, as far as we're ever going to get, I think, down to why Sony phones don't have fingerprint sensors enabled in the U.S. Yeah. Because these phones, just like the last couple generations, they have this really nice, sleek, side-mounted, flush power button that works as a fingerprint sensor. It's, it's really nice. Dual action, that's cool. Even though you have massive bezels on the front, they don't put it on the front, whatever. It's, it's there in hardware in the U.S., not enabled in software. We've known this the last couple of generations. That's kind of hilarious. You, because the model number is the same, the hardware is literally identical. You could Bands flash inside everything. You could flash the global firmware to a US Xperia XZ or whatever, and it would just enable it. 
Yeah, it would literally turn it into the global model. Which kind of lead to the, led to this being a legal issue of some sort. So here's the thing: Sony got in bad contract in a bad contract or various contracts with company or companies in the U.S. At some point, man, Sony has had a fallout with every single carrier and retailer and everything. They. <laughs> They got the bad end of a deal somewhere that barred them from selling a phone with a functional fingerprint sensor in the only the U.S. Because Canada, it has the it's not a North America thing. Canada, they get a full functioning everything. Even though you have your gloves on, you can't use it anyway. Even they though still get this what phone, in the hell? Even yes. though this phone is going to be like twelve hundred dollars in right. Canada, but and still. so this is. A change of pace from what Sony previously said, which was clearly just to cover their ass. They said, "Yeah, we don't really see the, you know, we don't see the market really demanding a fingerprint yeah. sensor, yeah. even though it's available in just every single phone above two hundred dollars." Yeah. So now they've they've cut the BS. Uh, obviously, they're not allowed legally to say these things, and so they have to just keep, you know, keep on the on the line. But we do know that this is a time limited thing. Fingerprint sensors will be re-enabled going forward at some point in the near future, I think. Well, we do in, in new products. We don't necessarily right. I don't think it'll go back to old ones, but who knows? That would be kind of crazy. Yeah, it would be kind of cool. But so the interesting thing is they knew it was time limited, and they said, we want to keep the brand going in the U.S. for phones, and so we're just going to deal with this. We're going to keep making phones and shipping them in the U.S. The, the term, the term that um, uh, the Sony marketing uh, manager used was hold the line. Right. Is, they just want to keep... They want to keep the factory They're going to keep uh, the lights on in the office for a couple of years while, you know, during this period. And the interesting thing they did say was that the Xperia XZ, I mean, obviously they have very low expectations in the U.S., Outdid their expectations, and so did the. But the XA, the XA Ultra, XA Ultra was one. actually a very big seller because that was you know it's cheap, has a striking design, and big screen, know, big big screen, um, huge, huge screen, biggest screen you've ever seen. Yeah, never seen a screen so nice. So they they are selling phones, and we can commend Sony for they sell across multiple retailers. Pick your retailer, you get the same unlocked phone for the same price. They sell it directly. I'm okay with the fact that they don't play ball with the carriers anymore, even though that has completely royally screwed them over and they're probably uh, never going to recover from it. You know, there, there is that. But So that's what's going on with Sony and fingerprint sensors, and it's kind of crazy. It's the craziest thing. It's kind of depressing. Is what it's it is. extremely depressing. Because the carriers have them by the balls. Right. It's just, but and I mean, let's 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 assume it's not carriers plural. I mean, I don't know what the deal is. I just know that Sony has burned bridges at various points. But is it likely that we Sony. may see a phone, a Sony phone in the U.S. with a fingerprint sensor in the future? Yes. Okay, we'll leave it there. Um, the last one we'll talk about is the most exciting announcement of the entire show. Oh? Oh, the Galaxy Tab S3. Oh, for F. Oh, I, 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 <laughs> I thought you were giving me a... Uh, I will 
Yeah. Andrew actually I'll stand will up for it a little bit, and Michael will pan it. Yeah. Heavily. Yeah. Well, we don't. You, you need to wait for me to. I, my argument is very simple. The, every Samsung tablet has been, with few, few exceptions, a, a Galaxy S3 that got caught in a hydraulic press. <laughs> <laughs> and this one is the same. Now, when no, you it's hold not. It, when you hold it Galaxy, in person, yes, this is a Galaxy Note 7 that got caught. It's a Galaxy yes, S6. Yeah, yeah, when you hold it in person, yes, it's glass on the back, and actually it, it does it does feel quite nice in the hand. But yeah, I admit, I am very shallow it's when it so, comes to this so tablet. Boring. It is so boring. boring. And when you turn it landscape as it is intended to be used, as I'm sure we'll get to this, you have this sideways Samsung branding staring you in the face all the time. You have their dumb capacitive buttons on the thing. And that combines with the Grace UX to, to make it a, um, a thoroughly a compelling the, product. The what? Putting, it's uh, not dev, whatever. <laughs> As they, they call it, it's the, basically the Note 7 UI. So the name for the Note 7 was Grace. People, uh, uh, they call it, people on the internet call it the Grace UI because of that. It's Derek's been at Grace UX. No, Samsung. You've been at that. WC at for the Note 7 oh, Yeah. Really? Welcome back. Yep. No, that was real. <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Wow, on the side. So, so yeah, but not you know that that's just this is completely from an aesthetic perspective. This is no bearing. If you are buying your tablet for functionality, then I'm the not hilarious thing about is, that. is the, the teaser at the end of, end of this event for the Galaxy S8 was all about like, unboxing your phone, removing the bezels from the phone, removing buttons. Yeah, and now ah. this this boxy, bezely, uh, horrible looking tablet. Tablet. Now with, here's with the buttons. thing. Yeah, the thing yeah. about a tablet is it needs bezels. Okay. Sure. I mean, think about a phone; it needs bezels. Well, I mean, true. Let's, let's talk. But, we can talk about that too. But a thing about a tablet is you can't wrap your hand around it. You need to be able to put your fingers on the bezels and hold it. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. The the bigger like bezels, not bezels, whatever. The bigger thing is that overall branding. Samsung talked about the fact that we're actually trying to bring the, our tablets up to speed with our phones a little bit because they very much felt like they were in a different design house. Mm-hmm. They were at all this plastic on the back. They didn't have the same kind of design around. And they're releasing a tablet with a physical home button and two capacitive keys. As they're about to kill off those features. A month the before they're no longer going to associate that with their brand. Right. And That's so interesting. This wouldn't, wouldn't have been as surprising... It, it wouldn't have been so awkward if it had come out at IFA last year right. because the Galaxy S8 stuff wouldn't have been in full force like that. But like Alex said, at the event, they announced you know, the Galaxy S8 launch date of March 29th. And all of the, I mean, we know it's not going to have these, these buttons like that. That was the central premise of that teaser. Right. Showing but the outline of, of the phone. Beyond all that stuff, yes, that sucks. But... Tablets in general kind of suck. Samsung's tablets haven't exactly been uh, amazing products overall. On, on the Tab S3, they brought this up to speed. Mm-hmm. Four gigs of RAM, Snapdragon 820, really nice display. Yes, Glass on the back, the, the solid metal all, around, all the way around. They're doing a proper, somewhat proper keyboard case that does the pogo pins and everything so it doesn't have to have batteries or Bluetooth. Right. They're doing really nice flip cover. We don't know how much it's going to cost. It's probably going to cost a lot. But about the peripheral. Because Sam and, and they brought back the S Pen without making some crazy 12-inch Note-specific device. They probably just want to shy away from that Note name for just an extra, for a little bit. extra yeah. six months or something like that. But it has a nice big S Pen. I mean, it's very what, nice. What about the special S Pen? Hmm? The special S Pen. The best part about this whole thing. It's yes. I mean, the S Pencil. It, well, and then they also 
partnered with, how do you say this, Stadler? I, I don't know. Stadler? Stadler? Stadler. Stadler. Anyway, Stifler. fancy pencil company Stifler. to make a, <laughs> to, to make a, it's an S pen, but it looks like an, an H2 pencil. Yes. Is it wood encased or something? Yes. Yes. Really? But it has a, you know, the, the, the digital point to it. And the way they can do this is because they don't put batteries in their S pens. They right. do it all in it's the in, screen. It's inductive. Yeah. Which is really nice because, second of all, the, the, this you, you pencil, don't want to recharge it, recharge it too much. But, but this pen doesn't store <laughs> inside really the device. Difficult. So it kind of has to be like that. Lest you have to pop the top off of it and plug it into the USB and port. And that is one of my big letdowns as well. Like one of the great things about the Note line uh, in this right. large format back in the day was that you could put the S pen inside the tablet you wouldn't leave it at home right. as I always do with this, the this tablet is like six millimeters Apple thick. pencil and yeah, and it does. They could not. It. They could not write, but they, they could have made space for it with this thickness. They could not put an S pen in it. So and I do like the yeah. fact that it's larger. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Does there the be a loop? On there's the a loop on that, the keyboard. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. And it has just a regular pen clip on it. You can clip it in your pocket if you don't look like a nerd, as we all do. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna put it right in time my pocket protector. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, if there's it's, one, it's a tablet. <sighs> I, I kind of have this feeling that the Tab S3 was supposed to come out last year. It yeah, like I said, like a lot yeah. of this would yeah. not be as yeah. critical if it came yeah. out of, uh, at Eva. And I wonder like, what the H1Z. Was there something? Some, something was going Some, on around Something there, could yeah. go awry last year. Yeah, there are lots of fires to put out. So I, <laughs> I think it's, yes, it's not perfect, but I was talking to Michael about this. What else do we have? If, if you're someone that wants a big tablet with a keyboard, potentially, apparently people are out there, they, they like those things. Yeah. Some, some number of people... You can. You, you got to give this a look. You can pay a lot of money for a Pixel C. You can pay original price for a Pixel C right now, cool. and live the live the Android and me life and sort yeah. of sort of enjoy it. Um, but boy, you shouldn't. I don't. That's think what I want to do. I want to sort of enjoy it. So if you're yeah. going to spend that kind of money, you're going to look at something like this. Of course, and you'll probably be happy if you don't care about things like. You know, UI aesthetics right. and crap that we talk about. I mean, about I'm only moderately upset that there's no smaller version, but I think that they, I mean, they know their sales numbers. Yeah. They said that the 9.7 inch Tab S2 was much more popular. Yeah. They said, this is Samsung. I think they, we were quoted today from someone I don't remember, uh, said that we, they sell a tablet every three seconds. Sure. I mean, these are going to move. Yeah. And, I mean, that's even at the, the price, isn't this five hundred bucks? I'm sure it's something like that. Samsung yeah. also has cheaper tablets. Yeah, they, they'll continue continue to sell their Tab A line and all that kind of stuff. That are oh yeah, if you sign up, if you sign up for a new bank account, you get one of those. Right, or if you buy, you buy a, tell it's you know, one every three seconds. Or you buy a phone and you get one for forty nine dollars, something like that. They're always going to get rid of those tablets. This was them focusing a little bit, and you know, I appreciate what Samsung focuses. Cheap, but this is this is it. You you get the BlackBerry. Right, and okay. you've got a lot of money to throw around. So you get the BlackBerry, but that screen isn't big enough for the media, right? Sure. So you get yourself a Samsung Tab S3 with a keyboard because absolutely you, you keyboards keyboard. are the bomb. Yeah, right. right. I mean, if you're, you're, if you're a real BlackBerry fan, you get a playbook off eBay. <laughs> oh, and uh, then you just you fix that wobbly table. Oh, yeah. Try to use it. On it. <laughs> <laughs> and then you way home, you pick up a, a Nokia thirty three ten for for your kid. Can I talk? Can I say something? So no. Gameloft makes Snake for this yes. new 3310. Yeah. That just makes oh, me crazy. That's great. Good for them. Really? Getting in on that. They yeah. probably sell you enough. Getting on all those You know how much press they're getting from that? 
True. Like, you know how many, like, Game Loft screen captures are in every 3310 hands-on video? Like, they're getting a nice bump from that. Yeah, I just don't like Game Loft. They make crappy knockoff games that they'll sell you for tons of in-app purchases. I'm not sure what in-app purchases you can do in Snake. I'm sure they'll find something. Oh, Game Loft can find a way. New colors for your Snake. (laughs) Yeah. Is Andrew done? Are you done? Andrew's resign. I mean, we're at the end of what we're going to talk about. Yeah. Let's talk about this last, final, most important thing. What's that? The Galaxy S8 announcement that didn't oh, happen here right. is coming on March 29th. That it's was the, it's the announcement announcement. They so announced the days of the announcement. They announced an announcement, which, because this is the most important thing that Samsung could do this year, uh, what is going to happen? They're going to they're gonna show this. There will be a new phone. And? It will be newer than the old phone, and hopefully it won't catch on fire. <laughs> yes. That is that is exactly what's going to happen. This is Samsung's redemption in some way. Although I don't think they really needed to, because for... Two, I mean, it's been it's been a rough year for them. They still yeah, made $5.1 billion dollars last quarter. They, they they're doing all right. They did, but on the other hand, they made a phone which exploded, and their chief is now in... In handcuffs. So yes, you know, there's that small. Those are not related, by the way. <laughs> well, yeah, unrelated things. We hope. So we'll be in New York, following all the Galaxy S8 excitement. I assume there will be a London Sapphire event. I'm sure there will. Otherwise, we just won't have I'll a just, video. I'll just, we'll, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just take my LG. We'll G6 smuggle you just, into a boat and get you to the US. Somehow. I'll just take my LG G6 and, and curl up <laughs> a little bold with your wide-angle camera. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that's uh, that. That around that about sums it up for MWC. Uh, overall impressions. We'll go around the table. Alex, what did you think overall of this year compared to last year? Um, it's kind of interesting. I mean, it, MWC for the past couple of years has been all about Samsung. It's been the place where we've seen new Galaxy S phones. This year, it's like everyone has tried to fill that vacuum of attention. And so, while the Samsung announcement hasn't been as big as we would have expected in previous years, instead we've had all these smaller, I mean everyone's smaller relative to Samsung in the Android space, but all these smaller players kind of coming in to fill that void in terms of attention, and I think as a result it's been a very busy show for us, and a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. Um, Andrew's waving us Andrew. goodbye. No, I'm saying, let me sign off here, Yeah. so I have to go do a thing. Andrew's got to do a thing. Got oh, yeah. to do I know that, Talk to you guys. yeah, I mean, we went counterclockwise to start, let's go counterclockwise Just talk. To, to finish. <laughs> it was a good show. I mean, lots of old brands trying to do cool stuff and be relevant again. Except for LG, which was a relevant brand going into the show. Right. Yeah. Sounds like 2017 in a nutshell. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Michael Fisher. Yeah, I think uh, I was going to say the same thing as Andrew. It said that, you know, last year, compared to last year, where we had a, a whole lot of new stuff as we usually do, this year it's a lot more about. What old names do we still do, do still resonate with us, and what are they doing now in their new guises? And to me, they made this year a hell of a lot more interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I love covering the new the new hotness, but um, seeing some venerable names kind of come back on the scene in a big way is uh, is an awful lot of fun. So yeah. I hope we see more of that, even though it might not be the healthiest thing in the long term, Mister. Kessler. I feel like this has been a smaller show than in years past. And it might just be because of the absence of the the, the Korean giant and Samsung. And that 
they didn't have that massive media attention and that all got split up amongst many other things. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's still been a lot of small innovations. There's been nothing that's been really mind-blowing, but a lot of companies are trying a lot of really neat small things that could translate into neat stuff and venerable products that actually last, I hope. Mm. So welcome back, BlackBerry. Welcome back, Nokia. Welcome back, LG. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that was the last line of my review. And then uh, read the review because it's excellent. Watch the videos. And uh, be sure to comment, like, and subscribe if you want to see more videos like this. Yes, because the videos won't keep coming unless you do yeah, these things. Yeah, it's gonna. I mean, we're, we're, we're counting the likes, and if it's if it if it just if it doesn't come, then you know then we're just we're not going to do it. I'll I'll, I'll leave a, a final thought. So I was walking through the uh, the MWC halls today, and I uh, happened upon the Qualcomm booth, and they were showing a demo of Gigabit LTE with a very kind of early. Um, demo of a 5G modem and right now this modem that uh, will eventually be inside phones they, they say in a couple of years is about the size of a desktop computer it has heat sinks <laughs> it, has, uh, it, it has fans, it has things that you shouldn't think about when, can, you, can see, you, when you have it? a phone I'm sure you can overclock it <laughs> I remember when my phones were cooled by fans but right now you know, this thing about 5G is still so far out and in a couple of years, that will be in the phones that we're that we have in our pockets, and it just kind of brings back the point that, as normal and as uh, sort of, I, I, I guess, boring sometimes as these phones may seem, there's still a lot to get excited about. And from the 18 by 9 aspect ratio of the new LG G6 to the fact that BlackBerry is back to the fact that Nokia was one of the most exciting companies of the show. I think that 2017 has been a pretty good year for MWC. Yeah, yeah. totes. So we'll leave it there. Thank you so much for listening. I'm looking at one hour and 50 minutes on here. Maybe we did a, it in under two with a bit of editing. This will be down to 135. If you've got stuck with us this long, thank you so much. And uh, we will be back next week with a slightly higher quality sounding podcast. Thank you again. My name is Daniel Bader. We'll go around Andrew Martinick. I'm Andrew Martin. <laughs> Alex Doby. I'm not Andrew Martinick. Goodbye. Oh. Mr. Mobile. Stay mobile, my friends. Derek Kessler. Goodbye. Wait a minute, you did it in English. You Daniel Bader. Thank you again. Oh, right. uh, Crackberry <laughs> Kevin. Mark Wim. Uh, they're, they're just waving. Thank you for Woo! listening. We will see you next time. <laughs>